It's St. Patrick's Day, everybody. So, of course, it's time to break out the special merchandise for today. The Toronto Maple Leafs slash St. Pat's have a back-to-back against the Hurricanes and Senators. We'll get you set up for that one. Plus, Jordan Bennington gets into trouble with the NHL. So we'll discuss all that and more on today's Locked On Leafs podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm your host, David Morissuti. Proud to be joined again by my friend Frank Sinishi, co-host of the Candid Frank live program on the Spanglish Sports Network. As always, Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. And now you can catch us up on video form on YouTube, Locked On Leafs. It's your team every day. And of course, today of all days, it is St. Patty's Day. It's the one time of year that if you bought a Toronto St. Pat's jersey, you finally get to dust that thing out of your closet like I get to do once a year. And it's the one time of year everybody claims to be Irish. Although if you've ever heard of the joke, Frank and I are both Italian. We're just both Italian on St. Patrick's Day. We don't change allegiances on St. Patrick's Day, but we will wear the merchandise. I got my St. Patty's Day. It's my John Tavares one. He doesn't have a captain C on it because I bought it. Just before he was made captain, I'm like, uh, I got I got a little ripped off there. I should have gone the C. How, uh, how expensive can the C be? Uh, no, I'm not sure actually. You know, it's still a C under there. It's you know what it is. It's like because the numbers. Are you worried about the originality of the jersey being impacted by the fact that you changed something? Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> is the value affected by the fact that you modify it? Oh. oh. Don't Probably not. Pull, I mean, I would never pull, sell this jersey. I'll tell don't you that. Pull the tab <laughs> off the couch <laughs> well, <laughs> or the bed. The funny thing is, is the numbers on this are felt too, so it's not like oh. I can just plaster any random green number uh, on here. It has to be felt because it's got to go with all the felt patches on the jersey as well. They're well, very nice jerseys. Somebody it's tried to shoot me with them yesterday, about a yesterday, and I was not having any of it. This is probably one of the nicer jerseys in terms of St. Patrick's like the Leafs used to have the green ones I don't know if you remember what actually I can yep. pull up a photo of that one um, when they had the green jerseys back in like the I'll call it the Sundin era where it was the the green jerseys and the brown the brown you know pretty much brown uniforms right because they would have oh, those, are, those are the army ones so yeah I'm gonna pa- I'm gonna bring it up here so it's yeah so you got the green the green jerseys, the brown helmet, the brown gloves, the brown pants, yep. brown everywhere. I didn't mind it. it. That's probably more. That's obviously going back to the tradition of the St. Pat's with the Leafs when you had the brown equipment versus white, blue, you know, all those things. But I, I don't know. Just these ones, they're more modern. I guess maybe that's why I like them a little bit more. But I mean, uh, I prefer the color of the green that you have. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guarantee if they use that color of green. Um, because this is like uh, what I have is probably more of like a shamrock sort of green, yeah, emerald, emerald green, emerald green. See, yeah, Frank, the emerald colors because yeah, it's uh, Irish. You... Well, it's an Irish thing, right? The emerald isle that's uh, what they call Ireland. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so the color is emerald green. 
yeah so that yeah so it's great that i get to bring this i also have a st pat's hoodie i have like a a green uh plaid hat that i can uh leaves hat that i can wear i only get to wear it once a year although the hat i wear a little more often just on certain days i'll 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 take it out because, you know, you buy a hat, you want to wear it as much as possible. If I do this on my Ryder green pullo- uh, pullover hoodie, you won't know it's them and you could think it's the Leafs. Frank did try to wear a, uh, he, I will say he did try to wear something St. Patrick's related, but unfortunately uh, he has a green screen. And so the, the, the it wasn't able to differentiate between the colors that Frank was wearing. And anyway, so you can get hat. it's a it's an invisible hat. Yeah, an invisible hat. <laughs> it is very we'll much- be wearing it. We'll be wearing it tonight, David. So we'll be going out for for uh, St. Valentine's Day as well. Okay, very nice, very very nice. Yeah. So the Leafs will get to uh, don their don their St. Patrick's Day gear. I'm not sure if they're going to wear it in both games because they do have a back-to-back against the Hurricanes and the Senators. Um, I would assume so. If you're going to have this, it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. I know the Leafs have worn it when they had a game, and then they, or if it's not on the on St. Patrick's Day, they'll try to wear it as close as possible. So it wouldn't surprise me if both games the Leafs try to get those St. Patrick's Day jerseys in for both of them. And. This uh, it's very interesting when uh, you look at this game because um, practice the Leafs did practice today. A couple of players did have practice off. Um, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner both not at practice, and again, that's probably not any cause for concern. Mainly because both players played a lot uh, in the last game. Uh, Mitch Marner, in, I didn't even realize that against Colorado, he played over twenty nine minutes. And Austin Matthews played twenty almost twenty seven minutes, so I'm assuming both players. You know what? There's no need for practice for the two of them. Just give them the night off. Uh, well, we give, learned that we learned in one game that none of them needed a practice. Remember the game the the game they played without practice? Yes, and they played really well. I think that was against New Jersey. Yeah, there was that one too because the, the road trip and uh, you know all the travel they weren't able to get really any practice in. So. Yeah, so it wasn't that if you did, if you saw the lineups on Twitter or following anybody on Twitter about the practice, don't be alarmed about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marr. They just played a lot of minutes. They need the night off. Who was back in practice, though, was Luke Shen. Uh-huh. He was back at practice. And very curiously, I thought Luke Shen would have been back with Morgan Riley, who he was with before he had his baby and was off for the last little bit. He was partnered with Jake McCabe. Very interesting pairing there. So uh, it, I guess that will be his defensive partner for his return. I'm gonna I'm not gonna call it for his Leafs debut. I'm gonna call it a reboot, a reboot in a way. His return Absolutely. to Toronto. Yeah. So he is back in the lineup, Frank. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, Eric Gustafson will be the extra defenseman. Yeah. It's yeah. It looks like Eric Gustafson because uh, the Leafs will be going 11 and seven again. How do you? I mean, I'm expecting a massive ovation for Luke Shen, but how much? Like, do you feel like this is going to be a big? Maybe a lot of Leafs fans will will come out big for Luke Shen's return. Well, let, let's you know, for most of your viewers probably don't remember exactly what happened when he came to Toronto. Um, he had Luke's troops, right? Didn't he yes. do a charity thing? And he was, you know, bringing bringing he took over kids to the game. Her- he did it. Then Joffrey Lupul took over right. when he was traded. Took a, yeah, it took over Luke's for team. him. 
So uh, depending on how much memory, uh, you know, Leaf fans have and how important it is, his type of play is to the Leaf fans. Uh, I think that that's how we'll gauge, uh, you know, how, how well he's received. So he's got, there's, there's a couple of reasons why he should be received well by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I think, you know what, when he was traded, let's not forget when he was traded all those years ago, he was traded for James Ren Reen's like, and many viewed that. I mean, it was a steal at the time. James Reen's like went on to play top line forward minutes, pretty much the, coming to the Leafs revived his career in a way. And Luke Shen was bounced around with many teams before he would win with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Got a you know got to, got to go back to Vancouver, his home province, and now, or where he started, he played junior hockey, and now he is back in Toronto. And I'm sure that a lot of Leafs fans will be excited for Luke Shen to come back. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna just go over preview a little couple things about the Hurricanes and the Senators just to give a preview of that matchup. But before we do, let me tell you about today's show sponsor, and that is the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook across America, and of course, during March Madness season, now is the time to go and get America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drain, anything you can think of, you can do it over at FanDuel. And if you want, you can combine multiple bets together and get a bigger bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcasts. It's your team every day. And just a reminder, everybody, on the Locked On Podcast Network, we got every NHL team cover. So if you are looking to see a little more about the Carolina Hurricanes, go check out Locked On Hurricanes. They got all the latest there. And, of course, Locked On Senators are frenemies over at the Senators there. Ross and, and Pilsy always do a great job there. But this is Locked on Leafs. Frank Stanishi is here with me, and we're going to go over the matchup for this weekend. And the Carolina Hurricanes are a very interesting case right now because we know that every person media-wise always puts the Carolina Hurricanes in the upper echelon of the NHL. But they've struggled to really get themselves to that Stanley Cup final that many believe they should have they should have been at this point already, given how that team is constructed. Rod Brindamore doing a great job there as a coach, but it just hasn't translated in the way I think many expected. And now, you know, for the most part of the season, they were coast, you know, them in New Jersey were kind of going back and forth for the Metropolitan Division. The Hurricanes were able to build themselves up a lead. Now they're only two points ahead. And they just lost their top goal scorer, Andrei Sveshnikov, for the remainder of the season. This is going to be a very... The Hurricanes always play the Leafs tough because they are a disciplined, structured team that's always give the Leafs a lot of trouble. I'm going to sense a little bit of desperation from this Hurricanes team because they've kind of really been up and down. They've had some decent wins. They've also had some painful losses, you know, coming this past week. Uh last weekend two back-to-back shutout losses 
this is a team that's really reeling right now, and it's 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 a bit of a dangerous opponent for Toronto. Yeah, they they also have Pugliarvi in the lineup that came from Edmonton, and they're putting him in the first line, and 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 he's a guy that that they're hoping plays to his potential, and they're going to give him every chance to do just that. I'm trying to remember. I'm not. I'm not sure he's been that effective against the Maple Leafs as a player. Um, will, what will he do in Carolina? Carolina ha- has been a place where players go to play better. You know, Rod Brindamore has such a great effect on all his players. He, he he helps them to be the best they can be. This is an organization that that was for a long time, very cap friendly. A lot of the success that they have now is because they were able to take draft picks like they did with the Leafs and pick players and also put together a crew of guys that are well under the cap space so that when the, when uh, Pugliarvi became available, they were able to get them, fit them in the, con- you know, they're, they're a very responsible uh, organization when it comes to players' contracts and how much they pay the players, and it kind of it kind of motivates them a, li- a little. And because they don't have anybody that really gets paid a lot, 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 lot more than everybody else, they have this team spirit that pe- half you know half the people joke about it. But you know, I, I like their spirit. Yes, you really do. And uh, you you mentioned the cap, and you mentioned that the Leafs at one point did trade Patrick Marlowe to the Hurricanes so that they could buy him out. It cost the Leafs a first-round pick at that time, and that first-round pick ended up being Seth Jarvis, who is, you know, among one of those younger stud players for this uh, for this Carolina Hurricanes team. And I know a lot of a lot of people I know are always mad about that that uh, that position, but let's not forget the Leafs need to get over six million dollars off the cap. That's a very tough ask for any NHL team to take that on. And the Hurricanes, as you said, were able to leverage a, a situation. For them there but when you look at this Hurricanes team I think the biggest question right now um, they have sort of similar things when it comes to Leafs I was a little surprised uh, first and foremost that they weren't as aggressive at the trade deadline uh, I was on the Locked On NHL podcast this week and we talked about how they weren't the ones that got Timo Meyer. it was their rival the New Jersey Devils who got him now with the Svechnikov injury that makes you kind of wonder Maybe that was a mistake on the Carolina Hurricanes part, not going out and getting just bolstering your lineup because injuries can happen. You can't always plan for them, but you always want to make sure that you're covering your bases as much as possible. But the real question I think right now with the Hurricanes is which goaltender do you start in the playoffs? Because you got Frederick Anderson, Antti Ranta, and the um, rookie, I'm going to butcher this name, but Pyotr Kochekov, who they've all played between 21 to 25 games. Like they're pretty much it's an even way, even three way split. You don't see this very often in the NHL. And I don't know who they're going to start. I don't even know who is going to start against the Leafs. Uh, we're recording this on the Thursday, uh, on the Thursday, so the Hurricanes hadn't really put out their lines yet of who will be. You know who's going to be in the lineup uh, if if Frederick Anderson is even going to go up against the form team wouldn't be the first time he has gone against the least before, but we're not really sure what the issue what's going to happen there. But that's a very curious situation in in Carolina where they have three guys they feel like they could start, but who's the one that they're going to go with? They go with well, I think they'll go with Anderson being Toronto. Yeah, I would think maybe in this one you know you have a you have a a player that's maybe motivated to go up against his uh, 
his former team. So I think that's that's definitely the case. And then in the playoffs, I guess right now if you're Carolina, you're first off you're gonna say, let's see who's the healthiest, because that's also been a problem for this team having a goaltender remain healthy. And then it becomes who gives us the best chance to win. And I would assume that it's the rookie, in my opinion. I think it's the, the younger guy that gives them, I think, the most upside. And that's not just looking at stats. I've looked at – I've watched quite a few games that he's played. He's looked really good. But I think they need to see, do they have it with Anderson? Do they have it with him? I think he was brought in to be that starter, and I think they're going to probably give him that chance. Yeah, it could very well be. The other thing, uh, there's a rumor that they made a call to to Scotiabank to find out if the Zamboni driver is available. Oh God! Leaves, Leaves haven't had much luck. Leaves oh, haven't had much luck with backup goalies. I'm just kidding. Okay, Leaf fans, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I think Anderson's the guy to go with. You know, he's the guy that's supposed to carry the mail for them. Um, you know, and and if the team, while the team is not playing well, I as a general manager rather have the the veteran there because I'd be afraid of the impact. Um, you know, sloppy play by the team playing badly with a young goaltender in goal. Um, we we know it's just natural that they're a little more fragile. Now, it's an opportunity for them to prove that you have, for the team to prove that they have faith in the young man. But I, I think they'll go with Anderson. And the question is, is he healthy? Which is always the question with Anderson and probably will be in this case as well. Yeah, that's, all, that's obviously always going to be something that... Uh will factor into any decision. The uh, Hurricanes have had many, many issues with their goaltenders not being able to stay healthy, especially come playoff time. So having three goaltenders right now, it might seem like a luxury, but at, at times for the Hurricanes, it has been a necessity. So that'll be something interesting there. Now the Senators, the Ottawa Senators, I would say are probably the most desperate team right now in the NHL, mainly because when they made the Jacob Chikrin trade, all we heard was, oh, here comes the Senators. The Senators are going to be the team to watch. They might be, and they went off. I know they went off on a few win streaks. So they put themselves in a position to be players in the wild card. But it doesn't help when you lose games and lose games to teams that are not in the playoffs, namely Vancouver. Technically, Calgary was not a playoff team, is not a playoff team, but they play like a playoff team because they still have some decent players there. So losing there, they lost to Edmonton. Like it will, could not have been a worse West Coast swing for the Senators, who are now, uh, as it currently sits, they are eight points out of the playoff picture. Uh, they do three have games three, in hand, though. Yeah, three games in hand on the New York Islanders, who hold that final wild card spot. But the bigger issue the Senators have right now is they got Buffalo. They got Washington and they got Florida that they all have to jump over if they want to get there. And I think that, you know, you look at the way that the Panthers have been playing lately. They have uh, really picked up their game. Washington, they're another team that have a few games in hand as well on Ottawa. But what I, what this means for the Leafs is you're going to have a very desperate Senators team and they always play the Leafs tough. And that's a recipe for not a good time for the Leafs, especially because I'll be the second half of a back-to-back in Ottawa, which will likely be a home game for the Leafs. Let's just be honest here. I'm expecting a lot of cheers for the Leafs in Ottawa's building. It's always the way it goes. But if you're the Leafs, how do you how do you deal with a desperate team like Ottawa? Because it seems like that's always been a problem for them. 
I'd like to add to the point that when you talk about their desperation, keep in mind Pittsburgh's well enough ahead of that pack you referred to that really there's only one wild card position available. So those four or five teams that are in a cluster, um, you know, uh, games in hand are great. It's great to have them, but if you have to win them all, it's not, it's not like not having the games in hand. So, you know, those, those, are, those are tough points to get. Uh, how tough is it for the Leafs against a team that's desperate? Well, we've seen in this uh, stretch, we've seen that the Leafs, uh, you know, albeit except for the game against, um, you know, that, that they just lost uh, to uh, Colorado, they played a very intense game, which was great. But before that, the intensity was kind of missing. And and the teams that were desperate that the Leafs played, same problem that Ottawa's had recently, um, is, is the fact that they don't rise the level of the energy that they need against teams that are desperate. So we're going to find out, I think, with this Leaf team that just lost in overtime, uh, sorry, in, in a shootout, they're going to be a little more intense in this game against Ottawa. And they'll have remembered that they lost recently to Ottawa. So to answer your question, I think the Leafs know what they're up against. And they're a pretty proud team. They don't like to lose two in a row. They came close to losing two in a row in regulation. They didn't. Uh, they haven't done that all year. Uh, they got a point, and 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 it's not like their confidence is going to be undermined. It's just going to be Ottawa needs to be beaten, and they I think they have the motivation to do it, and I think they're quite capable of it. Yeah, and you know the other thing to keep in mind here with the Ottawa Senators, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Leafs, they're uh, they're not exactly working on their number one or number two goaltender right now. We know that Anton Forsberg is done for the rest of the year. Camp Talbot has been dealing with injuries, so it's either going to be Kevin Mandoleze, or yeah, Mandoleze, I would assume that's how you pronounce it in Italian, Frank. I, sometimes Italian names always confuse me. Yeah, so then they'll probably call him Mandolese. Yeah, <sighs> probably. <sighs> and then Mad Sogard is the other. Uh, so two, we might the Leafs might see a goal. Or they're likely going to see a goaltender they haven't seen uh, before. So that's going to be a very interesting. Uh, situation there so it's going to be a very very fun I think a fun weekend if you're a Leafs fan Fri Friday night and you get Saturday night the Leafs it's been weird sometimes the Leafs will play on the Friday night and they get the Saturday night off you get hockey on both nights which could be a good or bad thing it could be that the Leafs give you a good weekend or they ruin your weekend <laughs> one way or another it will be a fun time all right uh, we are going to take uh, so actually we're going to take one more break and when we come back we're going to talk about something non-Leafs related as Jordan Bennington's antics might have just caught up with him. I'll explain on the other side. This is the Locked On These podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On These podcast. David Morrissey here with Canada Frank's Denishi and... Jordan Bennington has uh, has he. Uh, this is a very funny, funny situation because uh, I'm. There's not many players in the NHL that you can say might be the most hated player in the NHL. Like, there's not many people that hold that title. Over the last little bit, I do think that Jordan Bennington has uh, has got himself to that level. Um, now, what do I mean by that? For those of you that have not seen, I'm going to actually pull up the video right now because, and those of you that are listening on uh, listening to the podcast on audio, I'll explain it to you. So, the St. Louis Blues were up 
in this game, they're up four to one against the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild made a great comeback and took the lead in the second period. Ryan Hartman scored a goal on Jordan Bennington, and I'm going to say accidentally bumped into Jordan Bennington because just babe, and you'll watch the video. If you haven't watched the video, please watch the video. If you're listening on audio, I do think this was a bit accidental. Maybe there was intent. I don't know. It didn't look like it. Well, he's outside the he's outside the crease, David. The player is well outside the crease. Slide out of the crease as you're going to watch in the video here, and all heck breaks loose. So I'm going to play the video here for you guys. Hartman and the Blues. Bennington coming after him. Hartman skated through. Bennington's area and clipped him on the way by in celebration. And Flurry's over there. Come all the way down to drop the gloves. But the linesman has a hold of Bennington. Oh, let him go. Holy jumping. Marc-Andre Flurry trying to get at him, but the linesman won't let him. Bennington taking exception after the goal by Hartman. He had a slight bump in. Bennington went at him right away while the Wild were celebrating. Marc-Andre Fleury with no hesitation at all. And Bennington wants this crowd going. Where's Ric Flair? I will add some context to this as well. Ric Flair, legendary WWE wrestler, got the game started by pumping up the crowd. And I'm like, of course, Ric Flair. The night that Ric Flair is there, all heck break, all hell breaks loose. And um, there was another video posted by the Minnesota Wild uh, with Mark Andre Fleury's audio. He was mic'd up, and he was pretty much saying, "I want it. He wants it. Let me go and in for that fight." And first off, I understand why the referees did not allow it to happen, but the referees total buzzkill moment there. Huh, the fans were really unhappy about that. Oh yeah, yeah but you know the flower petaled. To the other end and the refs didn't cooperate yeah so i think the referees just it was a very chaotic situation that would have blown up a lot more and i think maybe the refs just wanted to we know the refs are trying their best to try to de-escalate the situation there so i wasn't surprised and then the nhl decided we're going to give jordan biddington a two-game suspension for unsportsmanlike conduct on what he did with Ryan Harbin. I don't think it was much so for the for trying to start the fight, but of the fact that he went in there and he got a good shot on Hartman and just he incited everything. Like there was no desire for Ryan Hartman to uh to try to get Bennington going. And this is not the first time. I think maybe this is also the NHL telling Jordan Bennington, you've had multiple outbursts that have gone unlo- basically overlooked. To this point, enough was enough for the NHL. By the league, but not virally. They've all gone viral. They They've all gone viral. We've they heard. And the coach, Craig Berube, has called out his goaltender, too, in situations. And I think that I think the NHL finally just said, we found a reason to now suspend you. Enough was enough. And again, let's repeat. Uh, you look on, when you had that still shot, the direction the player was going was nowhere near Biddington. Uh, sorry. In the, in the crease. Uh, so, you know, it was one of those things. So I think that's another reason why the National Hockey League stepped on it because it was an altercation that took place outside of the crease and, and a goaltender just can't assume that they can behave outside the crease like they can inside the crease. So 
Uh, he had no leg to stand on, literally. Yeah, and so I'm, you know, I, I just, you know, I in this situation it was very entertaining, but I've been very annoyed with Jordan Bennington because it just gets to the point where you're overdoing it. Henrik Lundqvist kind of brought it up too where maybe for some players they play with such an edge and that's how they get themselves going and that's how they get themselves into the game and that's just their attitude. But in this case, I just think Jordan Bennington someone's got to tell him that, you know, you need to you need to kind of cool it. You need to kind of you got to watch your emotions there. Well, I mean, the NHL um but the NHL definitely uh, has told Jordan Binton enough is enough. Yeah, he has to go back to the way he was when he first came up in the league. He had a reputation for being a guy who wasn't unaffected by, you know, the, when they won the cup. You know, every situation he remained, remained cool. He had a reputation, reputation for being very cool-headed and wouldn't be shaken. It seems after that year, it's been... I don't know. It's uh, it, it's just he, he has to control his emotions, and and that's a subject matter that in every sport, every team, that's something that has to happen because otherwise, only bad things happen when you lose your temper. Yeah, no, exactly, and uh, maybe also the referee is trying to tell Mark Andre Fleury, "We're doing a favor here to prevent yourself from potentially hurting yourself." Because I don't know if you guys know this, but goalies don't fight very often, and <laughs> those that don't fight very often tend to put themselves in situations where you could get very hurt. And the we last could bring the, while we could bring this to the Leafs, David, and say the best goalie fighter we've ever seen is Felix Potman. Yes. Oh, I mean, that, <laughs> we can go to the Leafs. I was, a, I was a little, um, I was, I was a little young in that time. And, uh, I believe the only ones that I've seen, I've seen the what Patrick wall ones. Those were like the big ones for me, but yeah, I do remember. I mean, if you, it's easy. You go on YouTube, watch Felix Potvin fight him and Ron Hextall. And I think the funny part about that one was Hextall not realizing that Felix Potvin could actually fight. Was he wasn't the only one that didn't know he couldn't fight. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew he could fight. And you know, when people, when we saw, when we, uh, you know, I watched that game live. When I saw him come towards, I'm going, okay, he's a brave dude. Yeah, he's brave. And then I started seeing him throw haymakers and I'm going, where'd that come from? Yeah. It really was a surprise to everybody. No, it definitely was a surprise. And uh, it's always a surprise when goalie fights. I remember probably the most memorable one that I've watched on my on TV live, not live in person was uh, Ray Emery and Martin Biron. We're going Ooh. at it in a Sabre Senators. Ray Emery. That was, it was a bit of a no contest there. Ray Emery uh, definitely got the crowd going with uh, with that one, but uh, yeah, it's not very common, and uh, I don't think it's something um, something that the league wants to see all too much, just because teams don't want to lose goaltenders at, yeah. um, to for fighting and all those things. And actually, funny enough, Bennington and Flurry both got penalties uh, for leaving the crease. Uh, Flurry also Flurry obviously you skated the whole length down the ice. So, um, and it probably won't be the last, I'm going to say this probably won't be the last time we see something like this involving Jordan Bennington, just because when we think that he's learned his lesson, he does not. Yeah. This is tantamount to bench clearing brawls. This is one of the things that reminds the national hockey league of bench clearing brawls. And we know how they feel about those, right? So. Yes, we definitely do. No, we definitely do. 
All right, that is going to do it for us here on today's show. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts and on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs comment and make content. Sorry, content. And make sure you follow myself on Twitter at the underscore Morsuti and follow the show at Locked on These. You can also follow Frank on Twitter at Candid Frank Live. Let us know in the comments below. What do you think about goalie fights? What do you think? Do you think uh, Bennington got what he deserved? Do you think the NHL should have just let Bennington fight and let him get it out of his system? And what are your thoughts on goalie fights in general? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that as well. We'll be back with another episode on Monday. We'll break down the games against the Senators and the Hurricanes. Enjoy your St. Patrick's Day responsibly, everybody. Make sure that if you do plan on going out, make sure you have a safe way to get home. It is a very important time, especially if you're going to go out and watch the game with some friends. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.